and welcome back to True Crime Guys Podcast. I'm your host, Michael, and with me as always, my fellow Carolina compatriot over there, Andy. How's it going, bud? It's going so good. I had some Southern cooking this week, Michael. Ooh, good. That Southern cooking is always good. It's always good to have some leftovers in the fridge as well. Oh, I've been living off of them. Right. It's weighing me down now. <laughs> right. Let's uh, focus on all the good things about Carolina before we get into this uh, piece of shit that also came from one of the Carolinas. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But guys, we're glad you could join us today. And of course, if you're watching this on YouTube, please like, subscribe, share, and leave a comment below with your best Alec Murdoch insult. We would appreciate that very much. We hope everyone had a safe and happy holiday week. We are recording this right after Thanksgiving, and we both have a little bit of the itis after all that Southern cooking, but I think we'll make it. I think we'll make it, Andy, you I know? Feel, I, I hope so, man. Like I said, I had, to, I had to dial down the carbs for breakfast today. It's the Couldn't... sweet potato casserole, man, for me. It's oh, just... It, mm, that right? is stuffing for me. The I, stuffing, I'm, yes. Or I'm a stuffing person. I don't know if you're a yeah. dressing. Is it stuffing? Dressing? No, it's stuffing. It's stuffing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. From the South. It's stuffing. It's stuffing, yeah. But, uh, Andy, seriously, we got to stop talking about food, okay? Or we're going to have to cut this video short and I'm going to have to go eat because it's it's too early and I haven't eaten breakfast. So instead, I think it's time we get into the meat and potatoes of today's episode. God damn it, now that sounds delicious. A little See, bit of eggs mixed in. You can't, okay, you got to clear your brain. Michael. I really got to clear my brain. Get you a Snickers or something. Uh, <laughs> but guys, this week we're going to be talking about a case that has been sizzling on our back burner for some time. Mm, like some bacon. Ever since the first headlines started coming out back in 2021. Now, we did discuss parts of it briefly on Strange Shorts a few times last year, but we think that we finally come to a point in the case where we can tell you guys the full story. That's what we like to do here at TCG. We don't like giving these half stories or having to go back and be like, okay, now we look like idiots because we jumped the gun on this case before all the information came out. But today we're going to be diving into the case that's been happening in our own backyard down in South Carolina, the twisted tale of Alec Murdoch and his twisted family. Well, some of them, some of them. A former South Carolina state prosecutor who comes from a line of prominent attorneys has been at the center of multiple investigations going back to February of 2019, with what originally appeared as a possible targeted hit on a local lawyer's family quickly spiraled into the twisting case that's come to be dubbed the Murdoch Murders. It just sounds like an old like a uh, Matlock episode or something like it would be like, it a, does. like a series on Matlock or murder she So much about this case does because it's such an old family name. Too. You know, mm -hmm. it's just steeped in Southern history and culture, and everyone's heard of Murdoch. You know what I mean? Around Isn't that there, Daredevil's yeah. real name? Yeah, Matt Murdoch. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah. But uh, no, these guys are not the vigilante type. Uh, they're more of, of, of the villain type. They're more of I the say kingpin so. type. They're more of the kingpin type. Yeah, how about, yeah. How about that? Exactly. Uh, with multiple body, bodies piling up and millions of dollars going missing over the years, the family that was once held in very high regard has now turned into a shining example of how recklessness and greed can corrupt even those whose job it is to uphold the law. Corrupt lawyers, Andy, you got to be freaking kidding me, bro. Corrupt law makers? Corrupt, corrupt law, law officials? Dude, what? you're living in some other world, Andy. You're making this stuff up. Oh, my God. And especially in a small southern town, there's <laughs> never been a bit of corruption in one of those. Never. 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 But let's just see, okay, Andy? Let's just see. Let's let's take a crack at this Carolina clusterfuck and see what's going on, all right? Yeah, okay. Let's take, our, let's take a swing at this. All right. Bless your heart, Andy. Now, could you be a deer and roll that intro for me? I swear to God, I God. will. <laughs> Meet the Murdochs, they ain't going nowhere They've been the law for a hundred years Working poor folks to sweat and tears Meet the Murdochs when you do try not to stare 
South Carolina royalty Just as cruel as they can be Meet the Murdochs, it's a big old family affair Or at least that's how it used to be Before Alec pruned the family tree Meet the Murdochs, they used to be millionaires Now they're in the ground or in the pen Except for busteries in the wind All right, guys, so let's start this case off learning a little bit about Alec Murdoch and his family's long history with the law and in South Carolina, specifically in Hampton County. Now, you want to talk about generational wealth and power? This right here is a prime example. Alec Murdoch's family has been deeply ingrained in the South Carolina legal system since 1910, when Alec's great-grandfather, Randolph Murdoch Sr., founded his law office in Hampton County, an office that would be passed down through the Murdoch family for the last 100 years. That's a quite a little uh, little inheritance to get there, isn't it? It is, but it's like it's their political position that they held, the solicitor. Yeah. Uh, that just strikes me as odd. Like, why is that not an elected official? It, I think well, it kind how, of is, but I, it's still, it's it's not supposed to be a single family for the longest time. Yeah, for 100 years. Yeah. For, yeah. <laughs> but from 1920 to 2006, Randolph, his son, and his grandson, Alec's father, would all serve as the state prosecutor for South Carolina's 14th Circuit Court, making their law dynasty the longest family stretch in U.S. history. I just don't think this happens in a big city. It's oh, just not going to. It can't. When you Once you start getting into a metropolitan area like that, you're not going to be able to, to keep a family in power that long. Absolutely not. For 86 years straight, a Murdoch was the state's prosecutor for the area around Hampton County. No joke. While eventually the state would prohibit lawyers from serving as a state prosecutor and a private attorney, Alec Murdoch would continue to volunteer prosecutors who were working with his father, all while continuing to practice law out of the family's law firm, which up until recent events was titled Peters, Murdoch, Parker, Eltsroth, and Detrick. Pumped. I like to call it. I like to call it pumped. I, I kept saying like P- I kept saying pimped. pimped. I was just like P-A-M-P-D, pimped. <laughs> But uh, only now, of course, Murdoch has been removed, and it's just the Parker Law Group. Actually, they removed almost everybody. Why does Parker just get to stay? Well, because if it was Peter Parker, then it would be Spider-Man's law firm. That's true. That's just that's so weird. Spider-Man doesn't practice law; he just enforces the law. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Friendly neighborhood Spider-Man down there in the Hamptons. Yes, Charleston, Uh, Charleston style Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blessing everybody's heart as he whipped by. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I could see the confusion there. Um. But guys, let's go into a little history about Alec Murdoch. He was born in May of 1967 and would stay true to the family tradition of studying law at the University of South Carolina. Go Gamecocks, right? It was there that he met his future wife, Margaret Maggie Branset- Branstetter. Branstetter? Did I say that right? Branstetter, yeah. Okay, Maggie Branstetter. The couple would go on to marry in 1993 and have two sons together, Buster and Paul. What's Buster's real name, man? I couldn't find that anywhere. It is Buster. It's on his birth certificate. It's his Buster. His name is Buster, and he's the firstborn. Like, how do you look at your first... That looks like a buster to me. Looks like a buster to me. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I guess they just wanted a completely different name. I don't know. It sounds like a, it sounds like a baseball name from like the 40s. You know what I'm saying? Oh. It's all Buster McGee on the mound and he's... Yeah. All I can think of was Arrested <laughs> Development. I was just like, you oh, got, yeah, you got the one son who's de- destined to inherit the law firm and then right. you got Buster. Hmm. When was he born? <laughs> 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 
But the Murdoch family would live in abundance for the next almost 30 years, spending their time between a lavish beach house, multiple private islands, and a sprawling 1,700-acre area of land that had a ranch-style house built on it. That's the man. That estate was amazing. Oh yeah, I must say that there is some gorgeous farmland out in South Carolina. Just Mm -hmm. flat, sprawling, open meadows and then woods surrounded them. It's gorgeous. However, the family also had a darker side filled with greed and recklessness. Hence, they're the topic of today's show. Both Alec and his sons were accused of struggling with substance abuse and excessive drinking. After years of extravagant spending and lavish lifestyles, Alec attracted federal attention for various financial crimes such as fraud, embezzlement, and multiple attempts at insurance scams. Now, these alleged crimes, amounting to an estimated $8.5 million stolen, would unfortunately end with multiple homicides. Yeah, once you start getting that much money missing, bodies start mm-hmm. piling up. Uh, apparently, apparently. So let's talk about these murders, shall we, Andy? I think we got a few to go through. We do. We're going to start back in 2015 with the death of Stephen Smith, the first of several deaths surrounding Alec Murdoch, but possibly the last one that he'll be connected to. On July 8, 2015, Stephen, a 19-year-old Hampton student, called his mother to let her know that he was running out of fuel. Unfortunately, that was the last anyone ever heard from Stephen Smith. His body was discovered lying on the road several miles away from his vehicle. Stephen had suffered severe blunt force trauma, and his mother had stated that his body was sprawled out in the road like a snow angel. Highway Patrol authorities initially presumed Stephen to be the victim of a hit and run, thinking perhaps after walking away from his car to fetch gas, he was struck by another driver who then fled the scene. Surprisingly, the case was closed, ignoring observations from the police that indicated that Stephen's death was no accident, but a homicide. When the word got out that the crime scene appeared to be arranged, Rumors started flying. As they do in a small southern town. Yes, they do. the fastest way tea gets spilled. More than rumors. If you watch the documentary on HBO, it is far more than rumors. Literally everyone questioned knew who did this. Yeah. They all knew who did this. Rumors that Smith was allegedly in a romantic relationship with Alec Murdoch's eldest son, Obusta, (laughs) were flying all over the place. Not only rumors that they were together, rumors that he did it. A lot of rumors. People in the town quickly began to wonder if Stephen might have fallen victim to a hate crime or that the Murdoch family was somehow involved in his death. But we'll just we'll dissect this a little more later. But first, let's talk about the second mysterious death that was linked to the Murdoch family, shall we? You want to move on to suspicious death number two, Andy? Hey, listen, it's only it's only two suspicious deaths it's so a, far. Okay, is every that family's it? got like two of those, right? Two. Anyway. Uh, we'll talk later. Okay. <laughs> Andy, you're about to be featured on an episode. we got to get some of your uh, relatives in here for interviews. But on February 2nd, 2018, while working at the Murdoch's vast ranch property, Gloria Satterfield, the Murdoch's housekeeper, sustained a very serious head injury. 911, where's your emergency? Uh, my housekeeper has fallen and her head is bleeding. I cannot get her up. Okay, you said she's fallen. She's bleeding from the head? Yes. Okay. How old is she? I'm not sure, like 58 maybe. Do you know if she fell from standing or not? No. No. Where'd she fall from? Uh, from the, she fell going up the steps, up the brick steps. Okay, so she had better inside? Outside. Okay. How many steps is there? Uh, eight. 
Okay, is she on the ground or is she up near the top? She's on the ground. She's on the ground. She's on the ground. Is she conscious? Uh, no, not really. Is she awake at all? Yes. Okay. Is she just not, like, responding appropriately, but she is awake? <laughs> Man, she's not, no, she's not responding. Okay, I just, I, I've already got them on the way. Me asking questions does not slow them down, ma'am. Knowing if she's conscious is one of the things that the medic needs to know. She's responding not at really. all to you. No. Okay, so she's not responsive at all. Well, I mean, she's mumbling. Okay, so she is somewhat conscious. Um, is she breathing okay? Yes. Is she bleeding from anywhere? Yes, her head. Hey, are you guys able to control the bleeding? No. Can you I put a even clean tried. rag or anything on it? Uh, yeah, I got it. Okay, is she bleeding from, like, her face, the back of the head? I've got an ambulance coming. Sir, my name what? Where exactly is she bleeding from on her head? I'm not sure, the top of her head. Okay. What's okay. okay? Oh, can what happened? She just, she just fell back down. Can I get off this phone so I can go down there? Can I have your name and phone number? Are you able to Maggie. bring the phone down by her? What? Are you on a cell phone where you can walk down there I'm and on talk? A cell phone. No. Okay, can you bring it with you so we can ask her some questions about what kind of pain she's having? Hello? Yeah, can, can you ask the patient what kind of pain she's having? Ma'am, she can't talk. Okay, do you know... She's cracked her head and there's blood on the concrete and she's bleeding out of her left ear. Okay, she's bleeding out of her ear? And out of her head. She's cracked her skull. Okay. All right, the other lady said that she had tried to stand up and fell down again? No, she. I was holding her up. And okay. She told me to turn her loose and she was trying to use her arm, but then she fell back over. Okay, do you guys know who she is? Yes, yeah, she works for us. Okay, do you know if she's ever had a stroke or anything before? Ma'am, can you stop asking her to stroke? I already, have them on the way. I already have them on the way. Me asking questions does not slow them down in any way. These are relevant questions that I have to ask for the ambulance. One of my questions is, has she ever had a stroke? I don't believe she's ever had a stroke, not that I know Okay. That. Okay, is she able to talk to you guys at all, or is she unconscious now? She's not unconscious. She's just mumbling. Okay. I believe she's maybe hit her head and had maybe has a concussion or something. Okay. Maybe. Do you know what her name is? Gloria Satterfield. You said Sanderfield? Ma'am? You said Sanderfield? Satterfield. Satterfield. Okay, what's the house look like out there? It's, it's a, um, it's offset off the road. Okay. It's a big house, got a long driveway. With a long um, driveway? Yeah, um... Is there a gate or anything down there that they're going to need to come is, through? There's, there's two big, big brick columns that have to come through. Okay, but there's no, like, gate code or anything that they need? No, ma'am. And tell okay. them that they can look for a fellow on a 6x6 Ranger. Okay. Waiting on them in the road is green. You know, what? they probably know what the Ranger looks like. Yeah. You said, like, Fellas green. Fellow's got on a black sweater, okay. a hat. And pants. Okay. All right. All right. Um, if, if something changes with her, if she loses consciousness or anything like that, I need one of you guys to call me back right away, okay? Okay, well, how about, how long is it going to take? Cause it's sick of that I don't know. I, I've had them on the way since, since Maggie first called me. They were toned right away. Okay. Thank you. 
All right, but like I said, if something changes, call me back. Yes, okay. Tragically, Gloria passed away on February 26th due to multiple complications, including a stroke. And the circumstances surrounding her death remain uncertain, but very suspicious. The questions began after it came out that there was never a report made to the local coroner, nor was there an autopsy. Uh, oddly enough, authorities later described her death as both natural and accidental. So take that as what you will, Andy. Uh, I guess accidents are natural things. I, yeah, they do I mean, occur naturally. I mean, if we're getting philosophical here, yeah, I yeah. guess, but not really the place for this, coroner. No, <laughs> not really the place for it at all. The circumstances surrounding Satterfield's death become even more suspicious later when Alec Murdoch, along with banker Chad Westendorf and attorney Corey Fleming, conspired to collect Satterfield's $4.3 million insurance policy all for themselves. Their scheme involved deceiving Gloria's sons and diverting the entire policy payout to Alec through a fake business that he set up called Forge. Guys, I highly recommend, if you haven't watched the HBO series, watch that because there is an episode that covers this. It's only a three-episode series, but this whole event is covered in the episode, and it explains it in such detail. And just the sneaky sneakiness, the heartlessness for him to take advantage of Gloria's sons at this time is unbelievable. But the way he did it, even this Forge account, everything was done on purpose. This man has been a white-collar criminal for a long time. Yeah, you don't hold a family law dynasty for no, 83 he... years without learning a few cons <laughs> along the way. You got that right. Now, in order for the scam to work, Alec convinced the Satterfield boys to file a lawsuit against himself, against Alec, with the ex expectation of receiving a large payout from the insurance company. But like all good con men, Alec was going to keep all the money for himself, of course. Alec's behavior following her death became increasingly suspicious, as he not only got there before EMTs on the scene, but he also claimed to have heard Gloria blaming her fall on his dogs, despite her later contradicting this statement, claiming that she had no knowledge of what actually happened. I mean, that could be, that's one of the, the few questioning things. It's like, yes, if you do have a serious head injury, you may wake up and say, I think I tripped over the dogs. And then you wake up a few hours well, later and you might not remember. So that's the only questionable thing. But still, it's like, how'd you beat EMTs there? Uh, why'd you know that, why'd you know to be there before EMTs? Also, Andy, she, she didn't say anything about the dogs. The reason this whole dog story came up was actually at the funeral. He approached her sons at the funeral and said, here, I want to, I want to pay for the expenses. Mm. I, I want to pay for the funeral. It happened on my property. I'm taking responsibility. They were my dogs. And the boys are like, what, what are you talking about? He's like, well, she tripped over my dogs. My dog's uh, running around. That was the. That is where that alibi was established. That simply, just that casual. Just uh, let me pay for it. It was my dogs. Oh, obviously. Well, they, yeah, there you go. You just took blame for it. So good. Uh, yeah, good on you, con man. Yeah, your dogs. But uh, luckily, in the end, though, Gloria's sons successfully reclaimed over six point five million dollars through subsequent legal proceedings. So they got theirs in the end. Also, authorities were granted permission in June of 2022 to exhume Satterfield's remains. And as far as we know, they're still investigating her death. So let's jump ahead now to 2019, the death of Mallory Beach. On the evening of February 24th, 2019, a group of friends, including the then 19-year-old Paul Murdoch, were on their way back to the Murdoch estate after a night of binge drinking. They were all riding in Murdoch's boat, and he insisted on driving, even though being just piss drunk. 
He was steering the boat recklessly, and eventually Paul collided with the Archer's Creek Bridge, one of the big pillars that supported the bridge. On impact, several of the passengers were thrown from the boat, notably 19-year-old Mallory Beach. The crash would claim the life of the 19-year-old, and it would take authorities a week to locate and retrieve Mallory's body, which was five miles down the river from the crash spot. And when arriving at the hospital, Paul was still intoxicated and uncooperative. Yet, despite this, authorities never recorded his intoxication levels for some reason. Hmm. But then Big Daddy Alex showed up and started threatening and trying to persuade the remaining witnesses. With Alec trying to clear his family name, one witness went so far as to say the whole situation started to feel like a weird, corny teen drama. I don't want to wait for my life. Yeah, I just like, just kept seeing like, it's like, it's like a One Tree Hill episode. What is happening here? <laughs> exactly. But I mean, it, in all honesty, though, this is an absolute nightmare. I think that was kind of a trauma response to try to make a joke about that at that time. But this is a horrific scene. I do think the that documentary actually opens with this, and it is. It's yeah. horrifying. I do feel like that's probably what some of those, how those teenagers kind of felt though, were like, feel, like sitting there in like an emergency room and just looking around, like seeing this like fancy lawyer who's like the big guy in your town come right, in and right. start telling you what it's like. Are we on an episode of Dawson's Creek? What is? Yeah. Oh it's my god! Pretty what insane, happened, dude? It's pretty insane. And then there is so much body cam footage from the police who responded to the actual boat accident. Um, there's so much audio of of the kids who were on the boat. I say kids, but you know, some of them, some of them were 21. Some of them are actually drinking age. Um, but all in all, in 2019, Paul faced three felony charges for operating a boat under the influence, to which he entered a plea of not guilty. Of course, the entire Murdoch family would come under the microscope, though, because of Mallory's death. With her family claiming Alec, his brother, and his sons had used their power and influence to try and cover up the true cause of their daughter's death. A prime example of that power was used to delay the trial of Paul Murdoch as long as possible in hopes of having the case dismissed. However, in June of 2021, with the court date approaching and Paul set to appear at the trial for Mallory Beach's death, the entire case was about to be turned on its head. And as 2021 slowly crept along for the Murdochs, the family tension was growing. Maggie, Alec's wife of 30 years, was living separately from her husband and reportedly speaking to a divorce attorney. With Alec's mounting legal troubles, his house of cards was about to crumble. I just had to get a house of cards reference in there, Andy. Oh, it did just, feel like a very Frank Underwood. It's type South guy. Carolina, too. It's I like, know. Come on, man. Get I, that I ring snapped. Dun, dun. <laughs> Seriously. So let's get into the double murder that shocked Hampton County to its core. On June 7, 2021, Alec Murdoch lured Maggie out to the family's ranch house. At that time, Maggie had messaged a friend about Alec's behavior. Allegedly, she wrote, he's up to something. When she got to the ranch house, Maggie saw her son Paul near the family dog kennels. And suddenly, both of them were violently attacked, with Maggie suffering wounds from an assault rifle and Paul falling victim to a shotgun blast to the head. Alec, who apparently arrived on the scene just after the attack, as he usually does, called 911 to report the deaths of his wife and son. Connor County Connor. Communications. Oh. Carlton, I have an Alex Murdoch on the line, caller from 4147 Moselle Road. He's advising that his wife and child was shot. Okay. Oh. Okay, 
are they breathing? No, ma'am. Okay, and you said it's your wife and your son? My wife and my son. Are they in a vehicle? No, ma'am. They're on the ground out at my kennel. <laughs> okay, and did you see anyone? Okay, is he breathing at all? No. Is she? Okay, do you see anything? Do you see anyone in the area? No, ma'am. No, ma'am. What color is your house on the outside? What color is your house on the outside? Uh, it's white. You can't see it from the road. Okay, is it a house or a mobile home? It's a house. Okay, and what is your name? My name is Alex Murdoch. Okay, did you hear anything, or did you come home and find them? No, ma'am. I've been gone. I, I just came back. Okay, and was anyone else supposed to be at your house? No, ma'am. Please hurry. We're getting somebody out there to you. Okay, what is her name? Maggie, Maggie and Paul. Maggie is her name? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Then please hurry. Uh, we're getting somebody out there to you, me asking you these questions. Don't slow them down, okay? And you sure they're not breathing? Is he moving at all, your son? I know you said that she was shot, but what about your son? <laughs> Nobody. They're not. Neither one of them's moving. Okay. Are they close, ma'am? Yeah, they're, they've been around with you ever since uh, you've got on the phone with me. I have multiple people coming out there to you. Okay. I don't want you to touch them at all, okay? I don't I don't know if you've already touched them, but I don't, I don't want you to touch them just in case they can get any kind of evidence, okay? I, I already touched them trying to get a, um, to see if they were breathing. Okay. Well, I, I just don't want you to move anything just in case they can get any kind of evidence, okay? After the news of the murders broke, he quickly became a prime suspect. And as an extra twist of the knife for Alec, three days later, his father, Randolph III, passed away as well. His, that was probably going to be his lifeline there. His, like, he was going to have to run it, to his daddy to be like, yeah. Dad, I don't know what to do. He, he lost his security blanket. Mm -hmm. He lost the family protector. You know, they called him Handsome. That's so weird. Yeah, that was like his nickname. They also said that in the documentary as well. Ugh. Yeah, Randolph, they called him Handsome. Gross. Yeah, he was like in everybody's phone as that and stuff. It's like a nickname. But just a few weeks after the murders of his wife and son, the police would reopen the investigation into the death of Stephen Smith, the young man who was killed in this supposed hit and run. Apparently, in their digging into the murders of Paul and Maggie, they found evidence that changed the way that they initially viewed Stephen's death. Also, on September 3, 2021, Alec Murdoch would quietly resign from the law firm his family built after being confronted by his partners regarding his embezzlement activities. Although this information wouldn't be made public until a few days afterwards, and you'll see why. Because the very next day, on September 4, 2021, a 911 operator would receive a very odd phone call from Alex Murdoch. Captain County 911, what is your emergency? On um, Road. Road. Okay, what's the address on Sarcastic Road? I'm by the church. Uh, what church? Here? 
What church are you talking about? Uh, I don't know the name of it with the red roof. Okay, what in the fuck had to rule? Because I don't know what you're talking about. Um, at the Hampton County side. Okay, what's going on? I stopped, I got a flat tire. Mm -hmm. And I stopped, and somebody stopped to help me. And when I turned my back, they tried to shoot me. Oh, okay. Were you shot? Yes. But I mean, I'm okay. You shot where? Where were you shot at? Huh? Did they actually shoot you or they tried to shoot you? They shot me, but... Uh, okay, wait, you need EMS? Uh, well, I mean, yes, I, I can't drive. Okay. I'm and I'm bleeding a lot. Where, where part of your body? Uh, I'm not sure. Somewhere on my head. Your head? Somewhere on my head. Somebody just stopped for me, ma'am. Um, for 911. Okay. Still? Hey. Okay, let me speak to him, see if he can tell me exactly where you are. Okay, and what's your name? I'm still here. I'm going to stay on the line with you. What's your name? Alex Murdoch. Alex Murdoch? Yes, ma'am. And you see you were driving, you got a flat tire, and somebody stopped to help you, and they shot you? Well, they pulled over, yes, ma'am, like they were going to help me. Okay, stay on the line with me. We're going to get some. I'm bleeding pretty bad. Okay. Still? St. John's Missionary Church. St. John's Missionary Church? Yes, ma'am. Okay. And can you give me a description of the person that shot you or shot at you? Yes, ma'am. I mean, it was a, a, a white fella. Uh, I'd say... A white male, a fair amount younger than me, uh, really, really short hair. Um, you have an ambulance coming in? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Stay on the line. I got them on the way. You think one of y'all can drive me to the hospital? Yes, sir. You want to get the trunk, though, because I got a baby in the back. One of y'all could get in this car and drive me? Uh, yes, sir. They're going to drive me to the hospital. Ma'am? Is it crank? Yeah, it should be crank. Nine one one. where's your emergency? That's ma'am. I lost you. This young lady is driving me to the hospital. She's carrying you to the hospital? Yes, ma'am. <clears throat> okay. And who is this? This is Alec Murdoch. I was on the phone a minute ago. Okay. All right. Okay. They said he said that somebody's taking him to the hospital. Okay. Oh yeah. Look, we got a flat tire. Got two ten Ma'am, I need the ambulance. You need the ambulance? Okay. Where are you, are you still in the same location? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Which way are y'all heading? Are y'all still? Are y'all driving down the road? No, ma'am. I, I, I got a flat tire. Okay. All right. So, 
sit tight right there, okay? Okay. Yes, sir. We're still here. We're still here. Hold on. We're dispatching now, giving them information. Where, where are you at? I want to get this all over your car. All right, now they're taking me to the hospital. Okay, so which way are y'all traveling? Um, we're coming down Saucahatchee Road to the Hampton Hospital. Y'all coming down Saucahatchee? Ma'am? Y'all coming down Saucahatchee Road to your ho to the hospital? Yes, ma'am. Okay. They're, they said... They said that they're coming down. They're coming down. Stop heading right heading towards the hospital. But all right, we're gonna keep EMS en route to you. Okay. Okay. Are you coming off of Walterburg Highway? Uh, we'll be at Walterburg Highway in ten minutes or so. They said in about ten minutes or so they'll be in Walterburg Highway. Mhm. Mm okay. I'm going to hang up, man. Okay, then you... According to him, Alex claimed that he was changing a flat tire on his car when a passerby stopped to provide assistance. Instead of lending a helping hand, though, they just shot him in the head. Ah. You know how that happens, Andy. Oh, the Good Samaritan story, yeah. right? <laughs> Something like that. You'd help with that flat tire? Well, he's a Samaritan. <laughs> But although evidence indicated that Alex had indeed suffered a gunshot wound to his head, they were still very skeptical of the story, as they should be. And it didn't take long for police to convince Alex to tell them what actually happened to him on that day. So, new story here, Andy, okay? Probably also bullshit. All right, remix. new story, new story. Alex revealed on September 14th his true evil plan, which was setting up an event where his friend would shoot and kill him Okay, therefore allowing Buster, his oldest son and surviving son, to claim the substantial $10 million life insurance policy that he had on himself. The authorities arrested Murdoch and his partner in crime, Curtis Smith, who was Alex's drug dealer as well as his former client. I'm sure he had a little bit of leverage under Curtis Smith there too. So it's like, oh, you yeah. do this for me. I think you're gonna probably get a little bit of this too. You know, you oh, scratch my, my back and I mean, shoot me and you get yeah. a little. <laughs> Curtis Smith seemed like his connect to the underworld. He was kind of the guy that got his hands dirty for him. Who yeah. knows how many things this guy was involved in. His goons, so to speak. Yeah, right. Uh, but Smith himself faced charges of illegal assisted suicide while both individuals were accused of conspiring to commit insurance fraud. Consequently, Alex's law license was promptly suspended, leading to his disbarment. Oh, about time. It is about time. Um, Alex was able to post his bond, though, and voluntarily admitted himself into a rehabilitation center for what he claimed was years of opi opioid abuse. I think he's just trying to gain, like, some sympathy here. He's trying to play right? some He's playing sort of, the sympathy uh, card. He's like, I'm just a human. I was under the influence. I, I wasn't thinking clearly. I'm yeah, good. yeah, I'm yeah. I'm an addict. I'm struggling. Yeah. Yeah. However, upon his release from the facility, he was apprehended for engaging in felony fraud pertaining to the Gloria Satterfield case. In this instance, his request for bail was rejected completely, and any assets he possessed were frozen. It's a great way you to leave a now. Clinic, clinic. It's like, ding, 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 you're clear. Put these handcuffs on. What? <laughs> uh, oh, shit. <laughs> One prison to the next, my friend. Just, oh, damn it. <laughs> yep, yep. And that's where he belongs. 
At this point, the Murdoch case had gained national attention and headlines were popping up daily with theories and accusations against Alec and his family. Alec was being held on the fraud charges and the entire time he was behind bars, further allegations and charges were being found and about to be brought against him. From November 2021 to July of 2022, Alex Murdoch and his co-conspirators faced dozens of indictments. Additionally, allegations from the community concerning the family's misuse of their influence persisted on social media and in the local news. He couldn't get away from it anywhere. After gaining mainstream attention through multiple podcasts, YouTube videos, and documentaries, and over a year of investigating the murders, Alex Murdoch was finally indicted for the killings of both his wife Maggie and his youngest son Paul on July 14th of 2022. However, it seems that Alec had no intention of making this easy on anybody. And on July 20th of 2022, he entered a plea of not guilty, marking the initiation of a series of complicated and very frustrating court proceedings. And his trial would finally begin on January 23rd, 2023. I really thought he was, I, I think he really was going to, thinking he was going to be able to rely on his abilities as a lawyer. He did. As a prosecutor, he was going to be able to work this system and like he was going to be able to defend himself. So I just love like spoiler when the judge just turns yeah. around and he's like, you would never, how did you ever win a case? Well, I think, <laughs> I think denying him bail and making it so out of reach um, but because I think later when he's finally arrested, his bail is set at like seven million. Yeah. It's ridiculous. So like, he he doesn't ever get to be free again. But I think by doing this, they've kind of taken away his his main method, which was buy time. Mm-hmm. It was. It was like let's see how long we can delay this. Let's delay it, delay it, delay it. Because you know, the further you get away from a case, the less the less heart-wrenching it is. And the less clear the memories are. The less clear. you can say, ah, oh, I mean, this was so long ago. Are you sure right? you're remembering this right? Yeah. And in the meantime, you have a better chance to game plan and gather evidence and figure out what you're going to do, right? Yep. And in this instance, he had no time. Nope, they wouldn't he give was, it to him this time. No, he could not. He couldn't talk to any co-conspirators. And other people were coming forward too, so... But guys, a large amount of the evidence showcased by the prosecution may have been heavily circumstantial, yet it consistently captivated the jury and all the onlookers. However, bombshell evidence would finally be revealed by the prosecution that would seal the fate of Alex Murdoch forever. A previously unseen cell phone recording taken from Paul's phone that captured the moments shortly before his death. Bum, bum, bum. Dude, this is this is so brilliant. It's just that Law and Order closing. Just let you right know, there. man. You are always you're always on footage, man. Uh, but in this footage, Paul can be seen playfully interacting with one of the dogs while at the kennels. But in the background of the video, there are two other distinctive voices that are calling out. One is his mom Maggie, and the other is their killer, his father, Alec Murdoch. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. Alec would try to take the stand and defend himself against the damning evidence, telling the court in his previous claim that he hadn't been down to the dog kennels that day, which was a lie, and he'd only returned to the house briefly before Maggie and Paul were shot. Yeah, he was saying originally, I was never even at the he house. He was never I just there. showed up there right, right, and found the bodies, and then he's like, um, I mean, I was I was there a little bit before that, and mm-hmm. I, I went down and, and I, I went down to the kennels, and but then I went back and you're like, hey, right, right. You, You forgot all that the first time? Forgot all that, man. Yeah, there was no denying that this was a flimsy excuse, that he was just trying to make up on the spot, and both the judge and the jury could see right through his freaking lies. And finally, on March 2nd, 2023, after only deliberating for less than two hours, the jury would find him guilty on both charges. Alec Murdoch was given two consecutive life sentences for the killings of his wife Maggie and their son Paul. 
and he's been serving his sentence in the Kirkland Correctional Institution in Columbia, South Carolina. It's a maximum security prison, by the way. I just imagine like, the longtime corrupt state prosecutor from South Carolina <laughs> in a maximum security South Carolina. He's fucked. Yeah. Like, he's, that's, you're fucked, dude. Yeah. I've seen Reacher. You're fucked. Right. And all the people that he's tied to and the murders that he's tied to, mm-hmm. like, that's good enough for criminals. They're like, mm, good enough. Yeah, good enough. Good enough. So now with Murdoch behind bars, there have still been ongoing investigations into the decades of financial crimes that he and his family have been a part of, along with reopening the investigations of Stephen Smith and digging further into the death of Gloria Satterfield. With Stephen's body even being exhumed in 2023 for further examinations, and his death now being treated as a murder instead of a hit and run. And just recently, Alec Murdoch accepted a plea deal in regards to some of the numerous fraud and financial crimes that he'd been accused of, only adding more time to his two consecutive life sentences. It's like, who cares at this point, right? Yeah, it's like, yeah, whatever. Just you add an asterisk. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. And one of the most aggravating things uh, about this is that his, his surviving son, Buster, um, who is still free, by the way, is still denying any involvement in any, any of the uh, Murdoch crimes, especially the Stephen Smith crime. Yeah, he feels like he can distance himself from Paul and Maggie, but they're like, yeah, "Yeah, we're not really concerned about that. He's like, but I didn't... Shit. Um, (laughs) Yeah, we're more concerned about the Stephen one, you know, the person that you were rumored to be involved with. Yeah, the one that you're directly connected to. He's like, why are we we still talking about that, right? Right? (laughs) We don't want to talk about this. Uh, But yeah, it's Buster is still doing interviews now. There's all types of videos on YouTube and whatnot because... Uh, if you watch the documentary, I think it was made in 2021 or early 2022. So yeah. there has been quite a bit of stuff come out since the documentary. So, you know, it's not the full story, but it is it's excellent insight into each of these uh, main murders that the Murdochs were most absolutely involved in. Absolutely. So, guys, that's it. That's the case. That's what we know so far about Alec Murdoch. Shit, I'm sure. I think anything else that comes out in the future will probably just be like white collar crime. I think we've pretty much that. And hopefully, Buster gets connected to Stephen Smith. That's the that's the one real thing they're trying to connect. Yeah, yeah. And the possibility of anything connected connected to Gloria Satterfield, but that's. That's even still more the financial crime about that. Yeah, Her yeah. death very well could have just been an accident, and they just quickly tried to cover okay. it up and get the money. But check this out, dude. With her death, did have you heard the 911 calls when she was killed? Yeah. Because, yes, Alex showed up, but, you know, Maggie and Paul were there as well. Mm-hmm. And Maggie called 911. And she is extremely, like, she just sounds so agitated at the at the. 911 operator because they're asking questions and then at some point in time she puts Paul on the phone and he's even worse he's just like lady what's with all the questions like yeah, just send somebody out here and she's like someone is coming out there what I'm asking you is not holding it's not hurting anything yeah they're already on the way yeah they're I'm already on the way in the paperwork exactly I'm just trying to get you to fumble into uh, committing <laughs> I'm just trying to I'm just trying to get you to tell me that you did this I'm sorry what I mean uh, exactly exactly but no, yeah they they very you can very much hear that I don't want to say that like entitled attitude, but just that generational power and wealth that like, lady, yeah. I told you to do something. Why aren't you doing it? Yeah. Like I'm calling you. Like yeah. they just have that, that attitude and that, ah. For real. And if I was able to find this stuff, guys, I, I probably put it in the episode. If I was able to get it, I, I never know. I was look, always look that stuff up in post um, as far as, you know, what we can have the rights to, what could get demonetized on YouTube or whatever. But if I am able to find it, um, it most likely will not be on the YouTube video. If you guys are watching in video form, you might want to check it out in podcast form and we'll have all the audio that we can find in there, all the 911 calls, because they are very important. I think so, especially, 
in the Gloria Satterfield case. Like hearing the way Maggie and Paul, it's like a, it's like an inconvenience. It's like there's, you know, it's like there's somebody cutting the catalytic converter off their car. Like yeah. that's the way they're talking about it. Like it's not, it's like almost it's like not a big crime. Control. It, it's like, yeah. can you come get this thing out of my yard? Like, come exactly. on, I called you. I, th- this is inconveniencing me. I don't, like, I don't want to deal with this. Come deal with this. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, if I was able to find that, obviously I put that in the episode. Maybe I did. Um, but guys, thank you for listening. And if you are on YouTube, please smash that subscribe button before you head out of here. You can also check us out on Patreon. And also guys, support our lovely sponsors because they support us, right? Support any ads that you hear at True Crime Guys. If you could, please click on links below the description of this episode to anything that you hear advertised in this episode. And that includes Oh My Gaia. Oh, those those uh, those Murdochs gonna need some. Oh my God, they'd be sweating in prison. <laughs> they don't be stinking. I think they are long Ooh, past they are that. Sweating in their jumpers, their jumpers right now. They are indeed, sir. Uh, oh my Gaia is an innovative all-natural deodorant, fragrance, and beard oil company specializing in paraben and aluminum-free products. And their innovative line of deodorants inhibit the growth of odor-causing bacteria while still maintaining effectiveness. And guys, there are tons of scents to choose from at OhMyGaia.com, like vanilla, cherry almond, lavender, uh, sandalwood. I don't know why I said that so weird. Sandalwood. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say the next one, and then I just decided to go with sandalwood. Uh, drawing that southern accent. <laughs> sandalwood. We got lavender. We got Got a lemongrass. Oh, I don't yeah, know why I'm doing like a Georgian. Getting a real draw. Like getting that a, like, like a Georgia, a yeah. Georgia accent there. A little Sylvana. Uh, but yeah, guys, there's tons of sense to choose from, okay? And we also got True Crime Pine. If you don't know where to start, I recommend there. True Crime Pine's great unisex scent. Looks great, and it advertises for your favorite podcast. I mean, come on. Because, I use on my beard in this wintertime. You got a little TCG uh, uh, beard oil? Oh, that True you Crime the beard Pine oil. Beard. I forgot about nice the beard smooth, oil, man. and they also nice have scented oil. in the wintertime. That's right. That's right. It keeps that beard from getting all, getting all spryly. You know, it's sticking out everywhere. But guys, because you are True Crime Guys listeners, you can use the code word CREEPER. For 15% off your order. That's C-R-E-E-P-E-R for 15% off at ohmygaia.com or at shop underscore ohmygaia on Instagram. That's O-H-M-Y-G-A-I-A.com, guys. All natural deodorant, oils, beard oils. You guys won't regret it. Check it out. Smells so fresh for the holiday season, baby. So fresh. Some great stocking stuffers right there, too, guys. Just throw a couple jars, a couple little scents in there. Yeah. People like those things, man. Yeah, or a yearly membership to Patreon would be a great gift for somebody. Uh, I think right? Don't you thing. think? I think it's a pretty good membership, too. I think it's, it's a good, uh, Christmas, uh, it's good pretty, Christmas gift. Pretty good. Pretty good Christmas you, gift. Look how much time I've just given you. There are, I've so given you, I've given you it's, hundreds it's, of hours of entertainment. Right? Are you not entertained? It's, it's the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> Patreon.com slash true crime, guys. Uh, we talk about it all the time, guys, but it is the main way to support the show. If you can, there is a link right below here. We are still doing seven-day free trials on the $2 tier. If you guys would like to check that out, that is available until January 1st. January 1st, we will no longer have the free trials, so get them while they last, guys, through this holiday season, because happy new year you gotta pay now (laughs) (laughs) welcome to the future (laughs) sorry guys but um yeah we we understand if yeah obviously if you guys have to uh have to leave your membership no big deal no big deal but we thank you for supporting the show we thank you for listening uh tell your friends we're on social media at true crime guys uh make sure you give us a follow on there where we uh we share clips from every single episode so you guys will always be up to date on what's coming out when and all that good stuff all right also, check us out on Spotify. Um, 
as an artist. True Crime Guys, we have multiple music albums out. We got Truths and Tragedies as well as Killer Mixtape and a single out there and some more in the works. So you guys can go listen. If you enjoy some of the intro music that we do here at True Crime Guys, you guys can listen to some of our favorite tracks from there and fan favorites. Uh, where, or wherever you listen to music, actually. Yeah, try to make that album go flat. Let's go. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Come here for your right. paper. Let's go. Anything else, Andy? Nah, man. I think we're good. We've got a couple good. more episodes, and we hit some Patreon stuff. We've got mm-hmm. holidays coming up. Yeah, we got, we got a few good things coming down the pipe, man. No doubt. All right, guys. Well, until then, just keep on creeping. We'll see you next time. Bye. So let's start off this case learning a little about... <laughs> little about... Little Let about. me just get some water to start this case off. Talk a little about. Let me talk a little about. <clears throat> Maybe I talked about him a little about. Okay. <laughs> a little about. All right. It's his rap name. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs>